0: Hello friends. I hope I hope you're here listening to this because I've invited you and uh you're listening to this with great eagerness because uh our friendship is so dear to you. <laughs> Thank you. If you're stumbling across this, I apologize. <laughs> Today I am looking at um, Leviticus <laughs> chapters 1 through 7. Uh, I know it's not the most exciting book, uh, but it is. it happens to be where we're at in our um, reading plan to read through the Bible this year. It is really interesting. The idea comes from feasting on God's word. That is the very, you know, bread of life. That's the idea, that uh, man cannot live on bread alone. But on the very word of the Lord of God, um, and Jesus says that to um, to rebuke and uh, turn away from temptation, rebuke Satan. And um, when he was tested uh, for forty days in, in the wilderness <laughs> after he was baptized, because he was just beginning his ministry. Wow. Okay. That the whole point of that is to say, I always want to be reading the Bible. Uh, just like I always have to eat, and I also <laughs> always have a problem eating. Like dinner time comes around, and I like never know what to eat, right? So, um, you see, now I'm just gonna tell the story. A friend of mine <laughs> had uh, said to me some advice that you know, just have a default meal for every day of the week. So if uh, if things get busy and you don't have something planned, you can think, well, it's Wednesday, so we're having shepherd's pie. And then if you can't find the ingredients, run out, get them, whatever, or uh, not. (laughs) But either way, you have something planned, and you can do it and execute. And so the idea behind this particular Bible reading plan is that every month I would have some portion of the Bible ready, parsed out, and ready to be looked at again, um, so that if I'm not in a Bible study at through church or at a, a group of friends or whatever, a community group, if I'm not in a Bible study, I can go to this portion of the Bible and uh, feast. Anyway, now I'm in Leviticus. I've just finished, um, Exodus was for the month of, um, oh my gosh, what was last month, July. Exodus was July, right? So now Leviticus. Um, is August, and I've, you know, I've read up to chapter 22 or something, and it's not just Leviticus. I'm sorry. It is, the theme for August is the law in the wilderness. It's um, Leviticus Numbers Deuteronomy. So if you don't know, the Deuteronomy is a repeat, um, rep, uh, yeah, a repeating of the law for the next generation after they have wandered in the wilderness because they um have been rebellious um and so and I have to go all over all of this again because I don't remember I'm excited to read numbers um and get the whole story in my head again because I've forgotten you know you forget the people think that they've read the bible and that's enough anyway leviticus is all about um God's desire for peace with us is what I believe um we can pull out a lot from Leviticus, And so the first seven chapters, I really did try to focus um, my thoughts on how all of these um, instructions for burnt offerings and grain offerings and um, the specific, you know, tent of meeting, <laughs> had the significance of all of these places that they have to perform, the different altars of incense and like I tried to remember that this is all about, you know, God's desires for reconciliation, for for, for peace with us, right? So, um, getting to read Leviticus after having studied Exodus is really nice, um, because having studied how God gave Moses the law, and um, and the law itself, having listened to it um, and uh, read it. Knowing that it's uh you know <laughs> the guide that the Israelites had for right living um and that Christ fulfills it is amazing, and how it's protecting them from um falling into idol worship and falling into other grave um sins that would only further separate them from the love of God, well, not from the love of God, but from God, his holiness that would further put them further away from God's holiness um and making the gap you know even more <laughs> uh daunting and sad <laughs> and it's not that God couldn't ever bridge oh there is no gap too wide that's in scripture like there's nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus so i mean there was never going to be a gap too wide for God to um, satisfy in his son, in himself, <laughs> to uh, cover our sins. Uh, gosh, his love is so big, right? Because um, the Israelites were pretty terrible, um, at just like us, just like us. But the other wonderful thing about the Bible is that everything was written down, all of the bad stuff. There's nothing sugar coated. It's so crazy. Um to hear some of these things. Like um one of the things that was really surprising like in the later chapters of Leviticus, it talks about the punishments for people who are um giving up their children to child sacrifice to the god Moloch. And um it's one of the one of the people in the promised land, one of the people groups in the promised land uh sacrifice of this practice of human sacrifice. And how God just abhorred it. Like, you would... No. <laughs> Don't do that. Don't. No. It's amazing. Um, anyway, that uh, he was trying to protect the Israelites, his people, from all of these terrible things. Um, and all of these... Ugh, gosh, it's so fascinating. All of the people who were in the Promised Land. I used to have a real big hang-up about them. Like, why... <laughs> Why weren't they, you know, granted mercy or given these instructions too? And it just so happens that they are descendants of other people who have incurred wrath and God has declared that they will be cut off. Um, like, they're just living out the punishment. Uh, because you have to remember the principle of begetting, right? Uh you beget what you are, <laughs> so once Adam and Eve sinned, all of their offspring all of whoever is begotten of them, is under that curse of sin and um there is very little um very little happening in the world <laughs> at that at that time to stop them <laughs> from sinning um It's very interesting, and in how God uh shapes history. To bring people, uh, his people specifically, um, under uh, regulations that allow for his presence to be sustained among them somehow, like that that he could even dwell among men is, you know, pretty amazing when you think about it. Um, So Leviticus chapters one through seven, I really focused on that. Like this isn't. the shocking tale of how god is just angry and whatever it's really the shocking tale of how god is still pursuing humanity like he could have given up on us way before like especially preserving noah well, like he did not <laughs> he did not have to do that but he saw the end from the beginning and knew that you know, this was going to happen again. He wanted to he wanted to wipe everyone out again. Not everyone on the earth, but um, of his chosen people, he wanted to start over again with Moses and bless his descendants. But Moses said, Lord, remember your promise to Abraham. And, I mean, it still would have been remembering his promise to Abraham because Moses was a descendant of Abraham, so technically if everyone had been wiped out after they worshipped the golden calf, (laughs) then they would have still been descendants of Abraham. But instead, um, God allowed that scenario to play out so that, you know, it strengthened Moses's conviction of what was happening. Um, you know, he allows us to come to our own conclusions, uh, which is very kind. Um, and he is unchanging, though he says he changed, you know, changed his mind about these things. Like that was always going to be the plan. He really did see the beginning from the end. He is all-knowing, omniscient. Is that um, characteristic attribute of God that uh, I really struggled with? Like if he's all-knowing, then what about blah blah blah? <laughs> and he knows. He knows, and he's giving us countless opportunities to come to our own conclusions and to, um, share in both his suffering and his joy. Um, and it's just, it's a beautiful thing. So in Leviticus chapters one through seven, um, part of my desire for this podcast was to actually read through it. I wanted to read through the first seven chapters and, you know, I thought this is going to be a great podcast. (laughs) <laughs> um but well i did I did read through um and recorded <laughs> an unfiltered reading um and it was it was great, but not not in the way I thought it would be so I mean um, I think I'll still turn that into an episode because I think there's value in reading the Bible together and um I kind of wish I heard more people read the Bible and their reactions to it so um because it's a reaction without um Understanding or insight, Um, it helps you kind of see how people get to conclusions, right? If God does allow us um, to come to the conclusions ourselves, right? Then uh, (laughs) how do we get there? That was always kind of a question before I um, really (laughs) took the Bible seriously and started studying it, you know. So um, uh, I don't know. So, but there is value in reading. Every bit of it, and that's that concept is even illustrated through the book of Leviticus. Um, so I'll I'll get back to that, but I do want to talk about that. Um, there were a few things that really stuck out to me in that first read through. Um, these were like the launching point into my, you know, prayerful <laughs> mulling over of Scripture. So the first thing I noticed um, immediately. I think everyone notices this, the repetition. Um, <clears throat> there's lots of repetition, specifically in um, every sacrifice that's made. Animal sacrifice, you're laying your hands on the head of the sacrifices. That's like repeated, repeated, repeated. Um, the physical places where the sacrifice is made, like that, every it's all stated, except that's, you can see the pattern change eventually. So, um, in, not in where things take place, but in how God tells you <laughs> where things take place and um, and then another thing that's repeated is this the pleasing aroma um that almost almost all of these offerings are <laughs> to God they're a pleasing aroma there are some that aren't, which I also thought was interesting anyway. the second thing <laughs> of after noticing how much repetition there are. I observed, yeah, these are the observations, really the unfiltered reading are observations and that's part the first part of your inductive Bible study. Um for those of you who know that, um that's great. And for those who don't know, then uh, you know, uh, for a long time I would stop after observations and I would just leave it there. Um uh, maybe sometimes I'd pursue a question sometimes. Um but really there's <clears throat> there's uh more to um, glean from your observations than just them at point blank. But anyway, second, um, the instructions are super specific. The specificity of the instructions. There's not much room at all left for uh, even questioning anything or inventiveness. <laughs> There's uh, it's, it's pretty specific. So, and then the third thing, I noticed there were obvious status distinctions among, like, you know, there, there were people uh, <laughs> that were leaders and there were elders and, and there were all the people. Um, so not not only that, but embedded in those laws for sacrifices and offerings were provisions for the priests and provisions for the poor. Um, so that was the third thing I noticed. The fourth thing is that I'd always heard about, you know, the blood of the animal, and then that's the life of the being, right? The lifeblood is what atones for sin. Uh and I'd never noticed before that also the fat of the animal is super special and important. And that truly surprised me. <laughs> I was uh I was very surprised. And so then okay, so the fifth observation that really stuck out was that there were there were maybe Maybe some connections. Uh, I still need to investigate this. This won't be for this podcast. But, uh, or this episode, right? (laughs) There were maybe some connections to our practice of communion under the new covenant, which um, it was just striking. I don't want to ignore it, but it might not be what I think it is, um, which is why you should study. (laughs) So let's talk about that first observation, the repetition. Um, verse 24 of chapter five is different and it marks like this break in the pattern of, um, where it's where the sacrifice, um, takes place. And, uh, (laughs) most of the verses are very, they specifically say outside the tent of meeting. Um, but then you get to verse 24 and God's like, go to where the sacrifice takes place. Like, as if, you know, you should know this by now. (laughs) And so I thought that was very um, curious, at least. Just curious. And so it made me realize that, like, so God was telling Moses this. And so God's giving this set of instructions um, and leaves out the specifics because God has expected people to have read this. Like there's an expectation that people, his people, are are familiar with his word and they're reading um this word. It made me think of when actors have like a writer or a writer or, or I don't know what it's called. Um, but I think you know what I'm talking about. Where um they have this list of uh, instructions. <laughs> for the production staff to do whatever in their room and like there's a one bowl of red M&Ms or something in the middle of the coffee table in the dressing room and that's how they know that like uh they've the the, the instructions have been read and everything's been done because there's this one odd little thing. <laughs> it's kind of like a check mark and it made me think how like this is kind of the opposite of that. Like instead of more odd specific detail to make sure people are reading like <laughs> he does not Have more or less of an expectation than he just expects people to read this, and uh, (laughs) I like that. uh, I don't know. It made me think of James and the the verse: "Draw near to God, and He will draw near to you." I believe it's uh, chapter four, verse eight. Um, Is that right, James four eight? I'm gonna look it up right now because I should know. But one of not one of my I'm not. Yeah, no, it's James 4, 8. Excellent. I don't have my references memorized with my verses, and it's frustrating because you really have to dig then. I mean, the internet helps, (laughs) but I should know. Um, Draw near to God and he will draw near to you. This, This principle, right, is something, like I was surprised to be reminded of that in Leviticus, that all of these are instructions on how to draw near to God, like the actual practice of being diligent to know his instructions to draw near to him is an act of drawing near to him, (laughs) so, um, and that he's faithful to draw near to us, just knowing that, and that, um, knowing there's these, this expectation, that not just the Levites are reading these instructions, but, it's not like a secret club for priests, uh, but the whole nation is told to read these, to know these instructions, read them, know them, um, it's just interesting that, and so it extends to us that we're supposed to read the, these instructions and know them, and it's important because they give us a picture from this early on in history of what God has willed, and uh, he saw the end from the beginning is that principle again that um, it speaks to God's omniscience and his sovereignty, like these are, he knows what is willed, <laughs> what what he is uh set in motion and uh he's giving us pictures of that um so that throughout history we can see that and i thought that was oh it was just so cool to think about so the second the observation about this specificity of the instructions that um that leave little room for questioning or inventiveness like creativity um it's, it shows up later um is this kind of cautionary tale, right, um, well, you know, it, it's kind of minimizing it to say, a cautionary tale of Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, who are acting as priests, um, in their new roles, and they've disregarded, they've kind of neglected, um, the Lord's instruction, and they've, uh, made an unauthorized, um, uh, incense burning, basically, and, um, the Lord just strikes them down, <laughs> and that's um there aren't many stories in Leviticus at all there are only there are two um and that's one of them so the idea again appears later um in an instruction about um grain offerings, not to um the uh, if it's a burnt offering a grain offering um it's not to have leaven or honey. And when I first read through, I kind of thought how funny, like we would try to make our grain offering beautiful and tasty and uh, think that was somehow better than what God instructed. But then looking at it more practically, uh, when I looked into it, a lot of commentators, uh, reliable commentators, I'm trying to think of their names now, um, uh, they said basically it, obvious things that if you thought about it <laughs> the honey and the leaven when burned are both not very good to eat um and would also cause you know damage to um the instruments they were using uh to make these sacrifices in you so and this grain offering is largely to be eaten by the priests so it had to be you know um safe and good <laughs> so the provision there again for the priests and just their um livelihood is also embedded in these laws and I just um I continue to be in awe of how much goes into it so the uh, let me just keep moving the third observation about the status distinctions now I haven't really looked into that more um but I did find there was more information, so I am kind of uh curious still, and you know uh it was really in chapter four uh that it was kind of noticeable i think and so the the specifically there was um the sin offering for priests and then there' was for the whole congregation and then for a leader and for a member of the community, and just how each of these different roles. Uh, in their new culture, their new society that God is establishing as a holy nation set apart that all of these roles are important and have different um have different standards not standards. I wish I had the right words to say about this, but um different there the relationship appears and manifests um uniquely for each one um not not hierarchical not like the priests are better than anyone or the it's just they're different they are unique relationships um and i think that's where i'm landing for this at least this year (laughs) as i study um and then the, the fourth and fifth observations that i had wanted to talk about were the blood and how the blood is important and also the fat was super special and important and um and possibly this connection to our communion, um and what it what because it's bread and wine, right? It's it's and it's a meal shared together and the idea of um peace and relationship with God. Um, all of that there is something I still would love to keep on studying, but I'm just, you know, running out of time <laughs> which is very silly that should never be my excuse for not moving on but I do feel it's also time to move on and I am I'm, I'm okay with that because I'm going to read Leviticus again and I will have more to build on and I'm excited for this feeling of peace I have <laughs> for studying the scriptures this way right now in my life and I'm I'm excited I'm also going through a, another study of Proverbs that has been taking a lot of my attention that I'm enjoying so much and getting a lot of conviction out of that um is good. It's changing my um my attitudes for sure. And I'm really oh I'm just really excited to get to the poetry um months. So that's coming up in November. We're doing just po poetic books. It's gonna be way too much in way too little time but i just want to see how it goes that's the point of this whole year 2021 was the experiment to see how this would go now i feel like i'm rambling um the <laughs> that might happen a lot and it's okay um if you're listening to this and you're my friend and know me you will know <laughs> to just bear with me um a really great explanation and a chart uh, for the seven sacrifices, uh, relating to Christ and his accomplished work, um, I will put a note in there, because I do, I did really appreciate this one article I found, um, and I will put a note in the show notes, <laughs> a link to this really great chart, it has all the, um, ways Christ fulfill these, fulfills, hook oh, fulfills these roles, On our behalf, um, and is our atoning, um, sacrifice, the propitiation for our sin. Um, and I really, I'm going to wrap up Leviticus on that. It's not, okay, so Leviticus 1 through (laughs) 7 was how I started this. And now, honestly, at the point I am in, um, I'm in Deuteronomy now, and it's still... You know the last day of August, um so really, I'm just wrapping up Leviticus. I will do a better job of these in the future, but I do just want to start putting these out um both for my benefit for next year when I come across these, I'll have like oh okay, and it's just kind of stored there because i'm I'm terrible at keeping track of these things on my computer or whatever if I even have a computer at the time right now i'm not, I'm not using. <laughs> my own computer for this it's still being shipped from the states uh while I'm here in Amman and I can't wait till I have my computer but it's also fine I'm enjoying studying um I'm gonna link some uh free online resources for kids to do like I part most of this really is because I want to involve my kids more in the whole story of scripture and teach them um how to study the Bible and how to, uh, be in relationship with God, um, through his word. Like that aspect of our relationship with him is so important as the verse in James, you know, kind of spoke to me around this reading, uh, that drawing near to him, coming to him, um, through his word is, going to produce something good um, in our relationship with him and I am excited for that so um, I will hopefully have more podcast episodes for you soon (laughs) (laughs) Uh, thanks for listening and in the meantime uh, please correct me if I've said anything outrageous please uh, don't hesitate to send me a note um I mean, if you're going to send me a note like, Jesus isn't God, don't send that note. <laughs> that's just that's outrageous to me. <laughs> I say, if you're a Bible-believing Christian and I've said something contrary to Scripture or I've said something that you're not sure about and um, would like to just caution me, I'm open to that and I would love that. So, uh, please do. <laughs> And I look forward to hearing more from anyone who listens to this. But in the meantime, bye, friends.